0: how are we doing the intro uh you should start from the west coast to the coast of lake area this is the coast to coast NBA podcast i'm dylan and i'm joined by first time guest oh. chalanga langason wow
1: it feels good to well- be a
0: guest welcome chalanga I was going to do a bit where you were like Belanga Belangason or something like that. And then we were going to have you just be a character, but I
1: forgot to do that. Nah, it's me, Ron Uncut, baby. And. (sighs) Gross. (laughs) I. Gross. I like being a guest. I feel like I can't do anything wrong. I think. I feel like I can say some really bold stuff. And. (laughs) Just um, don't.
0: Try not to be as bold as Kevin O'Connor, where he just flipped, did a complete 180 on Andrew Wiggins this week.
1: Dude, I'm going to really i'm gonna go <laughs> off on the whole will, ass national we media. will get there how is retirement treating you my friend oh it's good i've retired at the lawrence welkes resort in escondido God. um i haven't even visited you. i feel <laughs> I, like such a bad friend yeah you're te- a truly terrible friend
0: um, no, so, I'm busier than uh, ever. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> you're playing basketball four nights a week. You revealed to me.
1: Yeah, it's uh, well, one of them's a morning. I play Saturday mornings. Um, three nights a week, one morning. Well, but, four days a week.
0: That's still you're you're basically living and breathing basketball. When you're not there, sounds like you're going to be uh, ushering possibly for the uh, for the Minnesota Orchestra. So I, that would be fun. I
1: just had an interview tonight. And uh, it felt like it went really well, but it was a group interview, and I don't know. You never really know with those group interviews. The vibe's always weird You have to
0: make an impression with those group interviews. I was going to tell you this when we were talking earlier. I had a group interview once to be a telemarketer. It's not... Okay, sorry. Wait. It's not a telemarketer. I had a group interview to be, um, like, support, product support. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) And I would just be answering phones all the time and trying to help people with their uh tablets they were like children's tablets i don't remember the name of the product but it was some famous children's tablet that had their headquarters in el segundo california and i was so i went to a group interview for it and i did not want to be there i was there because uh i guess well i was being paid i guess to be there but
1: um you got paid to go to the interview
0: I got paid. I don't know what what it was. I don't know what it was. Maybe I did get paid to go on the interview. I don't remember. This was so long ago. This was right after college when I was working or when I was like being sent out through a temp agency. Mm. And I was being sent on all these terrible things. I was an assistant for a lawyer. I was like a paper filer for some property management company. Did a, I did so many different dumb jobs since I've been out here. But so this specific one, I made an impression by like, I made a joke about Taco Bell. They said, what's your favorite thing to get at Taco Bell? I was like, uh, something, something, something. And then I made a Taco Bell shit joke or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everybody laughed at it. And I was brought back for the next day where they started training us. Oh, nice. And then I did not want to be there. Like, like, I was trying to not to not be there. So I was making a bad impression on purpose. (laughs) And then uh, he started, this guy gave us ping pong paddles that were green and red. And he wanted us to say like, yes or no to different things. And I had a ping pong ball in my backpack. So in the middle of class, I just hit the ping pong ball at the guy who was conducting. Oh my God, uh, what the uh, hell training? (laughs) And I was like, hey, think fast. <laughs> and,
1: and what I did he think not of that? Back yeah. I'm sure you weren't. Jesus. <laughs> you really so made an impression.
0: As long as you didn't make a bad impression, I'm sure that you, that you could have made a better impression <laughs> than that.
1: Yeah, I think I made a pretty good impression. I made some people laugh. I told some That's inspirational stories. Um, <laughs> I did a, I did I did a tight five. Uh it was pretty good. 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 Yeah. But um, enough about that. Oh, yeah. sorry, you're hosting. My bad. Yeah, stop,
0: <laughs> stop tromping on my ground. We're going to be a little bit more off the rails. in My <laughs> coast to coast <laughs> podcast. Uh, okay, so we have had a wild, really month. I feel like it started with Jeff Teague. I would never in my in my wildest dreams thought that Jeff Teague would be the first player off of the Timberwolves team because he was just so essential to not to us not falling apart, and mm-hmm. he. His trade really led to the thirteen game or whatever losing streak. Was it twelve or thirteen games? Yeah, I don't 13. remember. Doesn't matter now. But uh we just had a, a really wild and especially past couple days here. Chalinka, we beat the Clippers by thirty
1: points. Yeah, that was really that was a really, really awesome.
0: Strength Clippers team, you were at a bar enjoying it. I was at work and I couldn't watch the whole thing because I had to pretend to do lights for the groundlings. But what was it like, Chlenga? Just give me a little bit and then I'll add if I remember anything from that game.
1: Um the, the my biggest takeaway is that Malik Beasley looked like he was playing to save his family's life or some shit. Like 20 he,
0: points in <laughs> a half.
1: He came out on another level. He was getting after <laughs> it on defense, he was shooting with reckless abandon, and I think he was he ended up like what was it, like eight for 13 from three or some shit like that? He was really good. Yeah, seven for 13. Seven for 13. It was was his career high, and it was also Andrew
0: Wiggins' career high, but he had six threes in the first half. Six of them came in the first half.
1: Yeah, and Carl was dishing out. He was going for that triple-double. He almost got the triple-double. I was really (sighs) – he was trying so hard at the end. He was making – He was. He made some really difficult passes throughout the game, and at the end, he was really trying to make those difficult passes, and they weren't quite working out. Um, Yeah,
0: and then he sat for the last couple minutes, right?
1: Yep they they sent in the uh, they sent in the vets or the the bench, excuse me. Um, (laughs) Yeah,
0: Nas Reed is not a vet, but yes, nope. But I am. I am
1: so (laughs) happy that Nas Reed is the the backup center now. Oh, I love it. I love it. He deserves the minutes. He probably shoots too much right now, but like. If it's going in, it's it's great. He's making them at like thirty seven percent. So yeah, the Clippers weren't hitting and the Wolves were. They had the the good vibes boost of like a team that really wants to be there. They really want to play. Um, it was not just a, <clears throat> it was not just another game for them. It was a statement game. It was. Malik Beasley, I mean, before when he got welcomed to the team, he said, we're going to show people that we can be one of the best teams in the West.
0: He kind of swallowed his tongue on that, though. I feel like he he stammered a little bit. He's like, we'll be the, the best team in the I was like, yeah. you don't
1: believe that yet? Yeah. But I love him. I mean, he's got something to prove. He he barely played in Denver, and he always felt like he could play more. And now he's got the chance to be a starting point guard or shooting guard on an NBA team. In his contract season, so he's he's fired up, and he's ready to rock. He has a lot to play for. I
0: After that Clippers win, I did think that the Wolves had a chance to go 32-0. Uh, and <laughs> I don't know if you saw this on Instagram, but I, there was a picture that I posted of Cat being next to D'Lo, and I was like, for the next 32 games, because we have 32 games left, the Wolves are going 32-0 and to finish the season. John Meyer um, tweeted about, I don't know if you saw this, but that... There, there are like two pictures in Malik Beasley's locker. Mm-hmm. And one of them is the Larry O'Brien trophy. Oh, wow. And he said something to the effect of, I'm not going to be satisfied until, until I get that. And that is the type of dog that we need on this team, especially when we're going to have a defense like this. Right. <laughs> For at least the time being. Right. Um, I love Malik Beasley. I mm-hmm. love his competitive nature do you think that we can re-sign him to a reasonable deal at the end of this maybe that's a conversation for later though um
1: yeah i hope so i i hope so um i think the good news is, is that there's not a there's not a lot of money out there this offseason true um, true so but I, I mean he might be one of the most sought after uh restrictive free agents we'll see how the end the end of this season goes um just at this point what what
0: would you put it at like in terms of, like, if you get less than what per year would you be satisfied with?
1: Um, I would say if we could get in the 14 to $17 million range, that would be ideal.
0: Oh, absolutely. He turned down a $12 million a year deal. It was like three for 36, I believe. Yeah. Um, I mean, that so would be it, awesome. It's, that would be insane. I don't think that's realistic, um, especially given the amount of... Uh, run he's going to get at the end of this mm-hmm. year, and um, the amount of playing time. Uh, a th- so a three for
1: forty five would be would be solid. I mean that. Oh my god, that would stretch. I'd, that would I mean that would be our money committed to D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Carl Anthony Towns. But you know, it is what it is. I mean, we this he, is what we got.
0: And he's twenty three. He's younger than both of them. Yep. I mean, he's a great player, and he complements them so much better than any young player we've had on this team so far. I mean, he is the young version of Robert Covington, yeah. I think. I mean, well, in, in a lot of ways.
1: And you know what?
0: Fifteen million, if we have to, is movable. Um oh yeah. So. Oh easily. He like oh uh, the a uh, win the wing position is the most valuable position in the league, obviously. And mm-hmm. we and that was born out uh in the Robert Covington trade. He's not even a star, much less an all star, much less anything and he still was able to garner a first round pick and then some so right um a good first round pick a pick that was in that might be in the top 16 you know uh likely is going to be in the top 16 so um i'm sorry what what did you want to say Did you want to say anything else about Um, this game
1: quickly i just want to shout out jordan mclaughlin he scored 22 points and he is looking way more legitimate than i ever thought he would uh, at the beginning of the season, I thought in summer league, he just looked unex- like non-explosive, non-athletic, really a little timid, afraid to, you know, really go make that play. But he had two dunks last night. One of them was like a 360. Oh. Uh, yes, it was amazing. And I didn't really know he could bounce like that. Um, he, he's been he's been showing out and he looks like a legitimate point guard. In backup. This, yeah, backup point guard, maybe third string point guard. But like that's. Better than I thought. To me, he's a legitimate Shabazz Napier replacement.
0: Yeah. He's not quite maybe Shabazz Napier level. Um, He might even be smaller than Shabazz, who is not a big player. Um, The thing that I do like about him is just what you said. Like He is flipping his hand when he uh is trying to score in transition. I think early in this year there were a couple transitions where he kept the ball low and went for a layup and never even got his hand up really and he just got swatted mm-hmm. all the time when he tried to when he tried to drive or when he was trying to score in transition. And I love that he's going for the dunks now. Mm-hmm. I love that he's going for for um for the ball now. Like he's he's really there was one moment in this game tonight. I know you didn't watch the game tonight. You weren't able to because you were too busy playing real basketball. <laughs> but he dove for a ball and had the awareness to be able to uh, kick the ball to, or like just uh, volleyball hit the ball to, basically, uh, to Jarrett Culver. And his chin hits the ground and he actually needed stitches. I think he oh, came back damn. in the game too. Yeah. But he was he was working really hard on every possession and I got to, I got to give it up to him and I got to get up, give it up to the Timberwolves front office for seeing something in him that uh, we didn't see on the basketball court, at least during games, you know? Yeah. He must've been
1: showing out in practice. Yeah. He must've and in the G league as well. Shouts to Jordan McLaughlin. So let's talk more. I want to, I have some questions about this uh, game tonight. Cause I didn't watch it.
0: Yeah. 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 So let's move on to the next game. Oh, so in the Clippers game, we scored 81 points in the first half. That's a franchise record. And even when it was happening, I wasn't able to uh, listen or watch much. But I, but I kept texting all my friends like, is that is that a record? Is that a franchise record? And finally, uh, some someone confirmed it or something confirmed it for me. And um, that was amazing. But then we followed it up tonight by scoring 75 in the first half of the game against the Raptors. That would have been a franchise record because the old franchise record was 74. This team is going to not stop shooting, and they're not going to stop bringing energy at the beginning of the game. System and over everything. that's what everything. they need to do. They're young.
1: It's paying mm-hmm. o- it pays off when you have the shooters to do it.
0: It really does. We used to have two players on the team at the most who were able to really stretch the floor, but with D'Angelo we have four players, four starters on the court that are legitimate shooting threats. And our offense is just night and day different. And Carl has almost had a triple-double in both of the games that he's played so far, and I think that that will
1: continue. Well, Dylan, you realize before the trade deadline, our top three shooters, in order, were Carl (laughs) Anthony Towns. (laughs) This is from three-point range. Carl Anthony Towns. Robert followed Covington. by nope. What followed by Gorgie Jang? Oh God! Followed by Jeff
0: Teague, and then Robert Covington. This is in terms of percentage. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And Gorgie Jang, it's not like he's going to be playing on the same court <laughs> as Carl Anthony Towns because defensively, it makes no
1: sense. Right. I mean, if Carl could move his feet a little bit better, it would make sense because then. Gorgie could be the rim protector that Carl isn't, but... Exactly. We all know Carl's defensive woes. Um, Anyway, got a little sidetracked there. No, no, no.
0: Uh, It is a problem when Gorgie Jang is your second best uh, three-point shooter. (laughs) Yes, it is. Especially when Carl and Hintowns can't play with him. And then Mm -hmm. Jeff Teague, he can't play with Jeff Teague either because Jeff Teague
1: isn't that good at running the pick and roll. No. Well... He, when his floater game is on and he could actually put pressure on the defense, he is. But he's not very good at entry passes um, that he struggles in, in that. He just, I, to me,
0: it seemed like this year he was struggling with, I mean, he struggles with spot up threes. Mm-hmm. He struggles with entry passes. He struggles in the pick and roll game with cat. Um, And... and yeah, when his floater game, when he is the one with the ball, it's fine, but he's not good at finding the extra pass. Right. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. so he's not that good at actually reading the pick and roll. Um is I guess what I mean by that. Like obviously when he is playing well, he can really score and he's he he should be a lot better than he is for the Hawks on the bench, but he has not been playing well. But that's his ideal situation for me right now at this point in his career. Um but yeah, uh, tonight, it was so nice to watch a point guard who belonged in the system. A point guard who is not afraid to take the Trey Young stupid AF3s from from the logo. He just puts it up from the logo. He doesn't care. And, uh, and he's obviously been given the green light by Ryan. And I think that this is going to... This is going to be the make or break uh move by the timberwolves if we cannot make this work next year um i think that is when we need to start looking at is ryan the solution Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but um but i'm really excited to have the to finally have the team that's capable of playing the way that ryan and the front office want to play
1: yeah i saw tonight pascal went off i suppose we don't really have anybody on the team that can guard him was James Johnson on him a lot or was Wancho tasked with that or Carl you know what
0: Jarrett Culver was on him a lot and I think Jarrett Culver actually played pretty well Siakam he's a lot smaller my thing about Siakam is that he didn't really go off until the game was almost out of hand and then he just started shooting Mm. and he, he just started like putting it up from way outside the three-point line and I we weren't covering him out there at that point cuz he hadn't been going off. Um I I'm sure he scored 10 or 15 of that 34 in the fourth quarter even after like the game was kind of out of hand. Um like in the last 6 minutes or so. I remember mm-hmm. him at least making 2 of his threes in the last 6 minutes, which was when we really lost the game. Um but yeah, to me, the person who won the game for them was Kyle Lowry. He was killing us all game. Uh OG Ananobi was also killing us all game. And uh look at they had four players with twenty points or more. That's
1: <laughs> yeah, the box scores it seems like their whole starting lineup was I mean, when when Ronde Hollis Jefferson is scoring twenty one points, you're probably not gonna win that game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's chalk that up to uh <laughs> Ronde center starting center Ronde Hollis Jefferson because tonight they didn't have Ibaka and they didn't have Marcus Soul so um to me that means that Carl who only had scored about 12 points through the first almost three quarters I'm guessing um Carl Carl needs to score to get more active in the game earlier and i'm I'm not just talking oh let's let's wait for the double team. It seems like he waits for the double team and then tries to pass out of it like he's expecting the double team, but he's like ready to try to get out of it. Mm-hmm. He needs to figure out how to how to move more quickly in that pinch post area and move like up you know up by the elbow, and he needs to move more quickly when after he gets entry passes um because it seems like right now he's just waiting. And I just want to see a more aggressive Carl Anthony Towns, especially when you have the biggest guy that they could have on him was uh, maybe Chris Boucher. But Rondé Hollis Jefferson was their starting center. Like you need to take advantage of those mismatches a lot more. And uh, Carl was very content to sit on the three point line and
1: um, and just shoot him up. Carl, I don't know. Carl has never really been the take advantage of a mismatch type of player. He doesn't do that well yeah like the offensive fouls like come on man this guy's tiny you Mm -hmm. don't have to
0: exaggerate any of your movement against these people right i don't know i just i want to see carl take that next step yeah is what i'm saying
1: i agree and oftentimes the little guy doesn't get the foul called on them when carl does his move and so he's more prone to being you know out out on the three-point line when really uh post up against a smaller defender would is the more efficient shot right but you know
0: yeah the mismatch is the more efficient shot a lot of the times especially if it's a huge mismatch such as like uh if if you have like a Pat McCaw on you go for the mismatch the other thing I want to talk about we got back in the game at some point it felt like it feels like James Johnson is just such a solid a solid four when uh Juancho is not playing well like they really complement each other well because uh, it it seems like James Johnson has been knocking down threes first of all for us yeah but in the fourth quarter we we got within four I believe is one hundred six to one ten and James Johnson felt like the spark plug that made that happen I mean he doesn't he doesn't wow you ever but um, he has really really good dribbling skills for a four um and he's able to find his own shot and. Uh, he's able to knock down stuff it and uh, moments that really matter. So I I really like that pickup for us. And it seems like he can play in a lot of really integral minutes, which Gorgie Jang cannot. So I, I, I just want to applaud that pickup right now. Chilinga, is there anything else that you want to say about uh, the games or the basketball that you've seen in the last two games? I'm just excited that... to watch this team now, which I haven't been. I know. For a while. Everybody. Go to games. Everybody who's listening to this, if you are in Minneapolis,
1: your job is to go to at least three games. Carl and D'Lo bought 1,000 tickets for the game on Wednesday and gave them I away some free. I saw that. Uh, Cole and Jake got some. I am busy on Wednesday, so I'm not going. But Oh, they got the free tickets? Yeah, they got them.
0: Yeah, it's not surprising because there are only 1,000 Timberwolves fans. Yeah. Um, that is a challenge to all Timberwolves fans. We need to show up. Mm-hmm. That's what we need to do. Because when we show up, I really think that that crowd helped flip that game. There's no way the talent was the thing that won us that game. The energy in that arena was what won us that game. It was full to the brim. Target Center can be a place that other teams don't want to play in. And it's not right now, but it can be. I I truly believe that. So Chalenga, let's get on to the trades. Trade, trade, uh, a palooza. This was the most active trade deadline since like Boogie Cousins' that trade deadline, but that was just because of one gigantic trade. There what were about a last lot year? Last year there ones.
1: was a bunch of trades. Who was it? Who was it last year? Uh, Tobias Harris. Oh yeah, Jimmy that was Butler. Big. I guess. Uh, Jimmy Butler. I guess he wasn't at the deadline. No. Oh.
0: He was in December. I guess there were a lot of movement. There was a lot of movement, but it just feels like there was so much small movement in this trade deadline, like that four-team trade that Suchin pulled off. I'm gonna give all credit to him. Was the biggest trade I've ever seen in my life, just in terms of sheer size, yeah. and I guess it was the biggest trade in terms of players, maybe in terms of money. I I've seen uh, reports saying both things. Uh, since the Patrick Ewing trade in two thousand that sent him to the Seattle Sonics, I believe. Um, so like in in twenty years there hasn't been a trade bigger than that. Yeah. Um and then there were just a bunch of other like interesting things, like teams are looking like they are content with what their team is, but they want to add an X factor. Mm-hmm. Um, there w- there wasn't like that gigantic, I guess there wasn't that Jimmy Butler trade to the 76ers or there wasn't that Tobias Harris trade where it was a major or like, oh, there was. I mean, D'Lo was that for us, but right. I wouldn't say Tobias Harris is quite, is quite D- I would say that Tobias Harris is worse than D'Lo. I, w-
1: uh, I don't know about that, but Maybe. I was
0: just looking at that Tobias Harris or I wasn't looking at that. I have to admit, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast, Trade Deadline, uh, and they were talking about the Tobias Harris contract, and he's making
1: $35 million. Yep. Jimmy should have got that contract.
0: Holy
1: moly. They chose the wrong player.
0: And I don't know. Would you rather have Tobias Harris for $7 million more or... D'Angelo Russell. I'll take D'Angelo Russell any day. I think that Tobias Harris' contract is one of the worst in the league. Yeah. One of the worst. To- not, it's not quite John Wall,
1: but it's one of the worst. D'Angelo Russell has more upside, period. Oh, duh. There's no question.
0: Yeah. The first trade that I want to talk about and grade, I want to grade all the teams in this, the four-team trade. Chalanga, do you have the details on that?
1: Yeah. So in this trade... The Houston Rockets get Robert Covington, Jordan Bell, and a 2024 second-round pick uh, via the Golden State Warriors from Atlanta. The Atlanta Hawks get Clint Capella and Nene. The Minnesota Timberwolves get Malik Beasley, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Evan Turner, Jared Vanderbilt, and the Brooklyn Nets' 2021st rounder, which is lottery-protected. The Denver Nuggets get Joe Green, Kata Bates-Diop, Shabazz Napier, Noah Vonley, and the Houston Rockets 2020 first round pick.
0: Wowzer. Oh, the moment that I realized that Bill Simmons had lost it was when he said Kata Bates-Diop is basically the same as Malik Beasley. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's
1: going to give them the same quality of minutes. <laughs> that is Psycho. Yeah, that is a psycho thing. Here is how I like to look at that trade. I like to look at it as Robert Covington to Malik Beasley. Robert Covington is better than Malik Beasley, but not by that much. Juancho Hernan Gomez to Kade Bates Diop, basically the same. I think that's a wash. Uh, I actually prefer Juancho. I think he's a better shooter. I think Kade and- might be a better defender, but I I don't know. Mm-hmm. They're they're both kind of question marks.
0: The other thing that I like about Juancho is that he has a little bit more size, which I think helps. And length. Oh, my God. Chlanga, his arms are so long. Mm-hmm. I want to try out some some uh, nicknames for, for him on you. I know his name's Juancho. That's a great nickname. Fine. Uh, Mr. Fantastic. Eh? Okay. Stretchy? Stretchy, yeah. Inspector Gadget. Okay. Yeah. He has those stretchy arms. I like that too. Um, but maybe it has to be like the Spanish version of Inspector Gadget, whatever that would be. I don't uh, even want to hazard a guess. <laughs> Inspector Gadget. Uh, um, yeah. Well done. And uh here's here's
1: the last one Elastigirl from The Incredibles. Something tells me that he wouldn't be down with that one, but I don't know. Maybe he's more progressive than I
0: think. Who knows? Uh, yeah. We're, we're gender neutral on our, um, or gender progressive, at least on our coast to coast nicknames, you know, just sit on it. We'll figure it out as the season goes along as hopefully as the seasons go along, we we can probably resign him to a really, really reasonable contract. Yeah. Cause he has not played that much in the NBA. So let's grade Let's grade the wolves on this specific trade. So the Wolves received in just this trade Malik Beasley, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Jared Vanderbilt and a
1: first round pick from
0: Brooklyn. Anything that I'm missing?
1: Uh nope, that's it. Uh so the Wolves traded maybe their second best player in Robert Covington. Mhm. But they also traded a bunch of non-essential players. And got two players that will be a big part of their future, most likely, and that 2021st round pick, which is a more valuable asset than Napier, Bates Diop, Vonley, and Jordan Bell combined.
0: Oh, yeah. And it's not even my, close. My other thing is like Kata Bates Diop, I feel like he is probably more on the skill level of Jared Vanderbilt. Juancho Hernan Gomez I mean he was getting minutes for the Wolves Keita was Mm -hmm. but I'm just not sure that he's going to be able to give much more than Jared was giving for a great team like the Nuggets I don't know what the why the Nuggets were in on this trade at all I mean I know that they weren't probably going to get anything out of Malik Beasley to begin with because he was going to restrict a free agency and it was looking like they were not going to sign him for what they wanted, which was, again, that 12 or that 12 million dollars a year for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, to give up two really great prospects and get back basically nothing.
1: Well, I think I think what the deal is, is that they don't really want to be ca- uh, luxury taxed. And right. what they got is that twenty twenty first round pick from the Rockets, and they are super good at drafting because look at their team. They drafted Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Michael Porter, Michael Jr., Porter Jr., Nikola Jokic, Malik Beasley, Juancho Hernan mm-hmm. Gomez, uh, Yusuf Nurkic, who they then traded. You know, like they are. Yeah. Su- no, they are. They are really good. They are. super uh, Fucking um. Uh. Markeith Morris. No, not not Markeith. What's his name? Um. Monte. Monte Morris. You know, they like. Yeah. They are draft gods. And so that first round pick even though it's going to be like 26 or 23 or whatever, that's they valuable won't to miss them on it because they they know how to draft <laughs> and they know how to develop their their players and that's a cheap team controlled contract.
0: That's true. Um on the Wolf side, I just love this so much. We had no parts that could be in a Carl Anthony Towns playoff team. Mhm. I mean, Robert Covington He needs to be on a team that's going to win in the next two years. But Malik Beasley is 23. Juan Jordan Gomez is somewhere down there, 23, 24, 22. I don't know. Um, Jared Vanderbilt, he's a rookie this year, right? I think he's a Um, second-year player. Second year? Fine. Uh, But, like, just to have pieces that make sense for the team is a breath of freaking fresh air. Yeah, And... uh, in the context of the rest of the trades that were made, this is insane. I mean, we're getting off of so much money this season. To have these guys, I think, is it makes them a greater asset because we can actually resign them. I really do believe we can resign both players to reasonable contracts. And um, they love the situation that they're in, which is awesome. I think it, they seem really positive and really excited
1: to get significant playing time. You know, I think ultimately, though, the winner of this trade has to be the Atlanta Hawks because they literally traded Evan Turner and a 2024 Golden State Warriors (laughs) second round pick for Clint Capella. (laughs) You know, that's like that is a fleecing if I've ever seen one. I mean, they got their starting center of the future. Possibly.
0: Although Kling Capella has been dealing with, uh, this foot injury, right? Yeah. So, and plantar fasciitis is nothing to be, uh, to be poo-pooed in terms of bigs, because when bigs start to get foot problems, that's when we start to think about, uh, well, I don't know when bigs get any injury, really, that's when things start to go South. But let's hope that, that that is not the case and that Daryl Morey was fleeced in this deal. Yeah. Um, I am gonna give the wolves an A minus. What do you give? What do you say?
1: Um for this deal specifically, I give them a, a B plus. It's it's not perfect, but it's really good.
0: Okay, I'm entering that into
1: our spreadsheet. You know, I think and we will move on for to the me, Atlanta Hawks. For me, just, just to clarify. Okay. For me, the piece that's a B plus is that they did trade their only point guard on roster. I mean besides Jordan McLaughlin, who is proving to be better than expected, but it put them in a tricky roster situation and had they not been able to pull off the D'Angelo Russell trade, then would have been a disastrous. It would have been disastrous. So <laughs> absolutely. I you know, this on its own actually I'm gonna change mine to a B on its own as a pure okay. trade. That is very objective of you, Chalenga. Thank you for
0: always keeping the Timberwolves honest. Let's move on to the Atlanta Hawks. So, as you said, they get Clint Capella, their center of the future. They get Nene, who is their, the center of 10 years past. Yep, just a nice vet for the locker room. Um, I, I'm i in the context of they picked up Dwayne Dedman. I don't know what they are thinking with Clint Capella. They're obviously going to be very patient with him for the end, of, until at least the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't like Clint Capella as much as you do. I'm going to give this an A- as well. And maybe part of it is just because I don't understand what Evan Turner was doing on their roster to begin with, so I'm demoting them one half of a great point. <laughs>
1: just for that you know i'm giving them an a because there there really is no risk here because they didn't give up anything and so the upside of if clint capella can come up uh come up come back healthy the trey young clint capella pick and roll game is going to be seriously nasty well no one thought that the
0: warriors would suck this year no one except who except for me
1: So we'll see what happens in 2024. Yeah, that could be, you know... You never know. You never know. That's going to be... Steph and Clay are going to be old. They're going to be in their mid-30s. And
0: and I think Bob Myers might be off his rocker at this point. Yeah. We'll get to that later, though. Uh, So the Nuggets. Again, I am pretty down on this for the Nuggets. I think I'm going to give this a C plus, And... I'm giving it an above average grade because I do think that they had no plans in keeping any of those three players in next season. And I don't think that they were going to do much to help them anyway this year unless some type of horrible injury happened. And even in that case, like if Jamal Murray gets hurt and Malik Beasley would have had to step in, that team would not have gotten to the conference finals. So, yeah. um, I don't think that it's such a bad move for them to get off of Malik Beasley.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I'm just confused by the Denver Nuggets. I mean, like I said, the first round pick is valuable to them. But as far as an asset play, I feel like they gave up two assets and only got one in return because I don't view any of the players that they got as actual positive value, value assets. Whereas, Yeah, who was the guy that they got for Shab- Shabazz? I forget uh McCray. Yeah, Jordan McRae. Right. Um so like they they didn't get any the only positive value they got here was the 2021st round pick from Houston. Um whereas they gave up Malik and Wancho, who I think have some positive value. They definitely don't have negative value. Although, I guess if you look at the trade, they have negative value because the Denver Nuggets got really nothing for them. So, I don't know. That's true. I I'm going to give them I'm giving them a straight C. Because, I mean, they got a 2020 first round pick, but in a week, in a supposedly weak draft, I just wonder if it would have been more valuable for them to try to go into the luxury tax to retain each, either Wancho or Malik, even if they weren't playing that good. much.
0: Coming back around on the Denver Nuggets and giving them an even worse grade than I gave them, you, I feel like I'm a great inflator. I am of the Harvard University
1: School of Thought,
0: Oh yeah, and I am grade-inflating everybody.
1: Oh, yeah. Not me. I'm st- I'm keeping it real.
0: Keep it 100.
1: I like that you wanted to end with the Houston Rockets, because theirs has the most variance in what the grade is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, we should probably call it, speaking of keeping it 100, can we call it
0: keeping it 10,000? Sure. Uh, I think that's a good name for it. One thing I wanted to say about Juancho Hernan Gomez... Chilenga you at the beginning of the season said that you thought Juancho would start at the 3 or the or the 4 maybe maybe you said the 4 too uh but you definitely were considering Juancho in one of the starting spots I the said maybe
1: targets. I said maybe I don't
0: know about that it felt like you were very high on him and I was like Juancho okay fine um but I distinctly remember that and so I'm just saying that is a good sign for the Timberwolves because, Chalanga, if I know anything about you, it's when you like a player who is not very well-known, usually they have some kind of interesting ability that <laughs> adds a positive value to a team anyway. That was almost a compliment. I know. I was... Well... uh, <laughs> I just want to hearken back to like the um, who's the who's the Oklahoma City guy again? Oh, Deontay Burton. Deontay Burton, he got an NBA contract. Yep. He wasn't. I mean, I'm not saying that Juancho Hernan Gomez is going to turn into, uh, I don't know. Insert stretch four here, <laughs> Kevin Love, but I think Juancho is going to be a, a really great player and if you think that he sh- would that he had a shot to, to start he's got to he's got to be some type of a piece and so yeah yeah uh, I was
1: also really high on Devante Graham too I just want to I want to make that known oh yeah I didn't think he'd be this good but yeah I was high on Wancho him. will not be as good as Devante Graham who
0: did not get an all-star nod are you pissed about that by the way
1: uh, no that is uh, correct that he did not <laughs>
0: But like in in your
1: biased heart, you is, you feel that a little bit. Is he in the Rising Stars game though? No, he didn't even make that, did he? Oh my god, he didn't make that. Let's check. How are his stats now? He's at like a second year player, right? Seventeen and seven, I'm pretty sure.
0: He's a second year player. He should have made that definitely over Jarrett Culver.
1: I don't. Jarrett Culver
0: didn't make it. He isn't. Oh, he didn't. Oh no. Never mind. Who did make it? Okogie made it. He he should be in it over Okogie.
1: Well, Okogie's international, so he gets the, uh, the bump. Because they do yeah, the USA so. and the international team. So the USA team... Oh, Devontae Graham did make it. Whew. Okay, good,
0: good. good.
1: Miles Bridges, Wendell disaster. Carter, Devontae Graham, Tyler Hero, Jaron Jackson, John Morant, Kendrick Nunn, Eric Pascoe, P.J. Washington. All right, Chalinga,
0: no one cares. Let's move on to the Houston Rockets i i love it i love it i love what daryl morey did i can't wait to see if this will almost definitely not work in the playoffs i can't wait to see <laughs> james harden fail once again miserably um i I don't think I've loved a trade any more than this because it's just going to be so fun to watch the Rockets throughout the end of the season. And I think that as, as the sparkle starts to fade from this trade, I think people are going to figure them out and they're going to fall apart. Which is why I'm giving this miraculous trade a D-. minus.
1: Whoa. Whoa. Okay, so... Here's my thoughts on it, (laughs) is that as constituted prior to the trade, the Houston Rockets had no chance of winning the title. Yes. Post-trade, I still think they have no chance, but they have widened (laughs) their variance, and I love it. If you catch the Houston Rockets on a hot shooting night and they're launching 53s a game... Like, look out! (laughs) I just variance. The variance is nigh. Yeah, it. I look at this. I just changed it. I just changed it. A plus, dude. Here's the thing. You come up against Utah in the playoffs, and you got five out, and Rudy Gobert's on the court. They're gonna have to pull Rudy Gobert pretty quick. And yes. that it you know, that's gonna cause problems for them. I think that it's not gonna cause problems for the Lakers or the Clippers, which are like the two teams that you need to get past. <laughs> because at the end of the day you just put Anthony Davis in center and he'll he will destroy the Rockets. Um, but like I said, if the Rockets are shooting lights out, the Rockets are shooting lights out. And I don't know if there's a another team in the league that can put five shooters at that level on the court at the same time. So uh I'm not quite an A+, plus because, I mean, ultimately I have to factor in that it could fail. But I'm giving this a solid B, because they did increase, I think that they increased their likelihood of winning the title, which is cool. It's just weird. Like,
0: very minuscule. Yeah. It was 0 before, and now it's 0. 0.0000001.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, ultimately, Robert Covington is a more valuable asset than probably Clint Capella or their first rounder this year. Um, so
0: I think that they, I mean, they gave up way too much for Robert Covington. They did give up a lot. You don't think so?
1: They gave up a lot. They gave up Clint Capella. I mean, probably a top 10 center in the league, right? And their first round pick this year, but they don't really use their draft picks. And I think that maybe they know more about Clint Capella's health than anybody else does. So I don't know. Let's hope
0: so. It seems like Daryl Morey has has gotten crazier and crazier as the season's gone along. And I
1: love it. (laughs) And he knows he's out, so he's trying to, you know, he's trying to do what he can.
0: Let's get into the next interesting trade. Andre Iguodala is going to be playing in Miami, has been playing in Miami, and has sucked. So I'm going to call it the Jay Crowder trade. What has he played, two
1: games, one game? They
0: both played two games, yes, and Jay Crowder has looked better than Iggy in both games. Iggy's just out of shape. Maybe he'll play himself into shape, but honestly, I'm ready to say that Andre Iguodala is washed. Let's hear the trade, though.
1: Uh, Yeah, so the trade is the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves got in on this trade, which is great. The Miami Heat received Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, and Solomon Hill from the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies... Received Justice Winslow James Johnson. Oh, excuse me, Justice Winslow Dion Waiters and Gorgie Jang. Gorgie from Minnesota, and they sent James Johnson. I'm going like to pretend I didn't say that. Minnesota.
0: What a trade! I can't believe there were no picks involved. I think that somehow both. Well, it was really the Heat couldn't lose in this because. Justice Winslow had played 11 games this season, right? Mm-hmm. So there was really nothing to lose by them giving up Justice Winslow. And somehow Justice Winslow was enough of an asset for the Memphis Grizzlies, who were so stubborn all year long, to give him up.
1: Yeah, this what? this is a trade of the Heat getting in the Iguodala sweepstakes at the right time when the Grizzlies were so mad at the, the L.A. teams for not giving them what they wanted that right, right. they saw oh young player and they just bit, you know, and I and I'm I, sure I'm sure the Clippers and Lakers just thought, like, fine, you we're not going to give you what you want because you are going to buy him out. And then Miami came in with something and they took it.
0: I don't <laughs> love this for Miami, but maybe it gives you something when Jimmy's off the court. Uh, But I I just don't see Iggy giving you the lineup of death type of defense. I don't see him giving much offense at all based on what I've seen the last year of decline in his game. Um, I don't expect Andre Iguodala to make much of a difference. However, Jay Crowder, nice addition. Would have been insane if they would have gotten Gallo. What did I text you when, when the rumor was that they were getting Gallo? Did you say they were a finals team? Yeah. I said it. I said that. The fact that they weren't willing to re-sign Gallo to the amount that he wanted because they, I think, are worried about twenty twenty one cap space or whatever, right? Yeah, because you're not getting Giannis.
1: Sorry, you're not.
0: Yeah, you're not going to get Giannis. Not everyone's going to get Giannis, and especially
1: not Miami. Um, so just make your good team good now, because Giannis is probably going to stay in Milwaukee. You have a chance to get to the finals <laughs> and who
0: knows what happens at that point. Yeah, I mean they still know, technically like, have
1: a chance to get to the finals. I mean.
0: No, they do. They do. They do. You're right. I shouldn't be saying that. But just the fact that they had this chance to get Gallo and that everything was kind of it was kind of already set up. They just needed to figure out the the structure of his contract, right? Yeah. You just got to give him what he wants. I mean, maybe it was way in, maybe it was like Tobias Harris money for all I know. Yeah. And that would have been a big mistake because, as we all know, Gallo does not stay healthy. But you never know in the NBA when your time is. And it seems like the Miami Heat window could be now. And if it is, like they still have a lot of good pieces. And I mean, come on, just go into the luxury tax, Miami. like you I'm sure Miami has made enough money in the last ten years that they have some excess to put into the luxury tax. Um, and they have a lot of good young pieces, so it's not like they're gonna have to worry in the future about uh about their team like being the Detroit Pistons or something with right. Blake Griffin, you know, right? Um, so my thought on that is just pay for Gallo, just pay for the guy and open up your chances. Be the Toronto Raptors. Like, just take the chance. Yep, They took the chance. They didn't... I mean, the likelihood of them winning was still not very high, but they took the chance, and there were some injuries that happened, which happen every year, mm-hmm. and they ended up winning. That could happen to the Heat, but, uh, yeah, so I think that was a mistake on the Heat's part.
1: Yeah, I... Uh, I Overall, though, I mean, when you take the trade as it is, it's a bummer they missed out on Gallo, but... I mean Justice Winslow is just a, kind of a worst version of Jimmy Butler who is injured all the time so you know he's he's unnecessary and they got some championship blood in Andre Iguodala even if he is old and washed um I give them like a solid B you know it would have been higher if they would have gotten Gallo but it's a it's a fine trade I don't think like they they were able to dump Dion Waiters thank god um and I don't think that James Johnson was really in favor in Miami either. And they got Iggy and Jay Crowder, who I think will be great fits. And that Bam, Iggy, Jay Crowder, Jimmy Butler lineup defensively. Oof.
0: Well, we'll see about Iggy. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jay Crowder we know can play this year, right? We've mm-hmm. seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, he has made the Memphis Grizzlies. He's been part of the reason why the Memphis Grizzlies have been competitive. Because I think he's just given that winning atmosphere to the locker room. I mean, he's won on every team that he's been on. He was on the Celtics. He was on the the Jazz. Mm-hmm. And I just, when you have a player like that and a player... was um, on the Cavs for a minute? Yeah. I mean, he he has been on some winning teams. He's got that culture running through his veins. Um, Jay Crowder was, is going to be a solid addition no matter what. I'm giving them a B-minus. And I would have given them an A-plus if they would have gotten Gallo. Absolutely. That was, that's my knock.
1: Um, for Memphis, I don't... I mean, they clearly just had to do something because they weren't going to buy him out. And I guess if you squint, Justice Winslow could be an asset. Um, but I don't know. This feels like a failure um, by the Grizzlies. And it seems like they just really helped the heat out here. Um so I give them a C minus. I just don't feel like they made their team any better for the future. Um and they s- sacrificed some of their cap space for next year, which seems foolish and unnecessary. So, C minus.
0: I'm going to look back at last season when we were considering getting Justice Winslow for well, I I even prefer Justice Winslow to Josh Richardson. Yeah, um, when we were talking about trading Jimmy Butler to to the Miami Heat back then. Yeah, and it's just so sad for Justice Winslow that that his career has taken the turn that it has. But again, back injuries for any NBA player are so dangerous. Yep. Especially, we don't know if it could if this could turn into back surgery at some point. Right, and if it does, that's like a fifty fifty chance of him being the type of player that he was at all. We all saw um Bill Walton after his back injuries um not being able to be the player that he was, being their what eighth guy um off the bench um in the 86 Celtics finals or whatever. But uh yeah, so hopefully Justice Winslow can still have a career after this. Uh he has made some pretty good money, I think. I think, I think he's made around 40 million or something, right? But uh yeah, he's but, made good money. I hope Justice Winslow can provide something to the Memphis Grizzlies. I just don't know what that would be. I'm in your camp here. I think I'm at C minus as well. Um I think that they could have gotten a lot more if they would have shopped them in the right ways and I don't believe in this Memphis Grizzlies front office. I do think that they I think they could use the hired hand of a couple of identical twins. I don't know if you uh, have heard of these guys, but they're uh um, Johnald and Banjador Banghart? Bang, bang. Something like that? What was that I heard? Bang, bang. I think I just heard something. Bang, bang. Anyway, uh, yeah, too bad for the Memphis Grizzlies. Let's move on to <laughs> uh, the dumbest trade of the hold entire— Hold on, hold on, hold
1: on. There was one more piece of that trade. No, there wasn't anything else. Chlanga. Unfortunately, <sighs> the Minnesota Timberwolves traded Gorgie Jang to the Grizzlies for James Johnson. I'm not accepting this. Which when you look at it, you know, purely objectively, James Johnson <sighs> is a better asset than Gorgie Jang. He plays Quit a more valuable Gorgie position. Chang. He is not an object. And he's got that player option for next year which you'll probably accept at 15 million. <laughs> <laughs> but that's less money than Gorgie makes le- last year and no one wants to trade for a 17 million dollar center, but somebody might want to trade for a fifteen million dollar power forward who can space the floor.
0: Although Bill Simmons thinks that Georgie Dang has been Dude, looking pretty good this year. Fuck Bill Simmons. That's what he said. <laughs> In his words, Georgie Dang, he's been playing really well. Fuck him. He's been looking at some box scores, obviously.
1: Let's 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 do this dumb, next dump trade really fast because
0: Okay, did wait, did you want to grade the Timberwolves on this one?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I think that. It is an F, because Gorgie Jang was the best player on the Timberwolves.
0: Yeah, it's easily an F-. All right, next next part of this, uh, let's get to the dumbest trade. Uh, The second dumbest trade, I guess. The trade we just discussed was the dumbest. But Andy Dumrund, I mean, sorry, Andre Drummond, was traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers for scrap. I don't even know if we need to discuss it, but I just want to grade these teams on what they got.
1: All right. So, Cleveland got Andre Drummond and the Pistons got John Henson, Brandon Knight. Uh, oh, they got Larry Sanders. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they got Larry Sanders. Oh, they've it's a got, little bit late for that. Uh, the ghost of Michael Redd, uh, and a 2023 second round pick. The lesser of Cleveland or Golden State's.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: Yikes. Um, Man,
0: it's going to be the Cleveland one, obviously.
1: Can can both teams get a D?
0: Uh, I'm giving the Detroit Pistons a D minus. The <laughs> only reason I'm not giving them an F is because, A, they got off of the Andre Drummond uh, option for next year. which Or was it next year? The which he probably wasn't going to take. He wasn't gonna take it.
1: I don't. I don't. I think he wanted out of Detroit. I don't think he wanted to be there anymore.
0: Interesting. Well, he he said that he loved Detroit, and he's like, "Oh, they're stabbing me in the back." And I just, I loved all these people in this locker room and blah blah blah. I don't know. Maybe he. Maybe I don't know. You saw that weird subtweet that he sent, right? Yeah.
1: I just don't know. I don't know. I.
0: <sighs> if he loved Detroit, he would have restructured. If he hated Detroit, maybe he wouldn't have taken it. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um the thing I like about it though for the Pistons is that they uh get to see a little bit more Christian Wood who I really do like and I have liked ever since I was watching him uh last year in the preseason uh play for the Bucks and he just lit up the Timberwolves with his shooting threes all that stuff mm-hmm. and the Bucks broadcast mistook him for Giannis Antetokounmpo they cool. named him they were like and Giannis scores oh wait that's Christian Wood Damn So if you're ever being mistaken For Giannis Antetokounmpo You're doing good shit That's a Especially by your local broadcasters Dude You're not a bad NBA player
1: What What I just don't I just don't understand Cleveland Are they trying to compete Like are they trying to make the playoffs next year <laughs> or something Like do they think that this is gonna Do it for them <laughs> I assume they're gonna buy out Tristan Thompson, which is dope and good for the Rockets because they'll probably want they to They said
0: him they're up. not. They came out, they sent a they released a statement saying that they're not going to uh buy out Tristan Thompson. Dude,
1: they need to fire everyone from that front office. And they need to fire
0: everyone from the front office, the back office, the middle office. They,
1: <laughs> they need to start over. They need to Dan
0: Gilbert needs to I don't know sell the team Dude. sell the team okay uh so that's an f for the for the cavaliers right yeah
1: that's a that's a damn f
0: hard f are what are you for the pistons d
1: i think i got to go f like what the fuck okay. uh, they they traded uh, i don't know an all nba center for a second round pick and two players who can't play who can't even crack the cleveland cavaliers like one of the worst teams in the leagues rotation. Yeah. That's embarrassing. And I get it. Andre Drummond is not a valuable asset, but damn.
0: F I like Christian Wood, so I gave the Detroit Pistons a D minus. But otherwise, F's all around, baby. Okay, the last trade that we're gonna talk about before we talk about the Timberwolves the rest of the Timberwolves trades. Uh, or the Timberwolves. We'll we'll just do a quick overview of the entire Timberwolves first half of the season front office moves. I want to give a report card to Gerson and to Sutchen. Anyway, the Marcus Morris trade. What are the dates on that? The Jay?
1: Clippers get Marcus Morris Sr. and Isaiah Thomas. The New York Knicks get Mo <laughs> Harkless. The Clippers twenty twenty first round pick and the Detroit Pistons twenty twenty second round pick. And the Washington Wizards. Get Jerome Robinson. How exciting.
0: Oh, so exciting. And they waved Isaiah Thomas the or Clippers waved to Isaiah Thomas
1: or something immediately.
0: Uh <laughs> if that says anything about anything.
1: Let's see Isaiah back in LA, baby. Well, Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> Is basically
0: a worse version of Lou Williams, so why would they ever need him, especially when Lou Williams has been so consistent over his career? Oh, when
1: I say L.A., I mean I want him in the Lakers.
0: Oh, no, please (laughs) You hate You hate me, don't you?
1: (laughs) Okay, this trade for...
0: Okay, for real, though. The Knicks? Should we go for the Knicks first? Yeah,
1: let me just ask you a quick would-you-rather. Would-you-rather have Isaiah Thomas? Wait, wait, wait. And now, a Lindsey Whalen, would-you-rather... Would you rather have Isaiah Thomas or Dion Waiters coming off the Lakers Ooh. bench? Because that's, that's the next talk is the exploratory talks with Dion Waiters.
0: Well, they're both going to be playing for the Shanghai Flying Knights. <laughs> but uh, if I were the Shanghai Flying Knights, who would I want to be my starting whatever Lead scorer. guard. <laughs> guard. Um, scoring guard. I think I want Isaiah Thomas. Uh, I think Dion Waiters is such a horrible, horrible, toxic, toxic presence yeah, in the locker dude. room. I don't even think Chinese people would like him even though they wouldn't understand what he's saying, they
1: would also feel the same toxicity. Dylan, that's sounds Therefore, vaguely racist. I don't even what? think Chinese people would like the unwaiters. <laughs>
0: it's not okay. All I'm saying is that people who don't speak English got it. are even going to hate him because just because of the aura that he emanates. Got that's it. that's got what it. I mean got by it. that. Not I wasn't <laughs> Anyway, yeah, it's, there. Are, even so, there probably aren't that many Chinese players. It's probably like half and half Chinese players in the Chinese Basketball League,
1: right? I think they can only have like three non-Chinese players on the roster.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I don't know anything about that league. But uh, Lance Stevenson and Dion Waiters and Isaiah Thomas will be the, th- the three, I guess.
1: Oh, I love it. Okay, anyway, um, we can start with the Knicks. I think the Knicks did a good job. Wait, oh, go ahead. Would you rather? Mm-hmm. Who would you rather? Oh, uh, give me Deion Waiters, purely basketball wise, <laughs> because I think that, you know, Isaiah Thomas is just such a defensive liability that. Although, if he's just coming up. Yeah, give me Isaiah Thomas. Fuck it. Whatever. Fuck Deion Waiters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who cares? Yeah. New York Knicks. Hold on. Time out. Moving time off, time from on, some players on, time on, time that on, don't matter. On. I need to be so bad.
0: Oh, God. I had such a good segue too. I'm so sorry for for keeping you up. In the middle of the Bill Simmons podcast, by the way, he went to go pee and then Ryan Rossillo did a monologue and uh, whatever, it was really dumb. Anyway, they took that pee bit from us because we've had that bit in our podcast many times. Are you back? I am back. Moving on from some NBA players who don't matter, or former NBA players possibly that don't matter, let's move to a an NBA franchise that doesn't matter in the New York Knicks. Yikes. Let's grade them on this Marcus Morris trade.
1: So, I mean, they really did just trade Marcus Morris for uh, probably the 28th pick. You know, the super late first round pick and a super early second round pick this year. Um, In what is supposedly a weak draft, as I said, but I also I'm always skeptical of that. Um, I think that if if this was any other team than the Knicks, I would think they did a good job. (laughs) But I just can't imagine that the Knicks will do anything good with those picks.
0: I don't want you to use the same logic that the national media used to congratulate the Warriors on the Andrew Wiggins trade Um, because I feel like that's the exact same logic. And because (laughs) of that, I'm going to give the Knicks a B minus. And here's my thought behind that. Marcus Morris was a horrible contract for them to sign, Mm -hmm. obviously. And considering that, I mean, they talked the Clippers into taking on Marcus Morris, and they got to have a guy named Mo Harkless who is a good player. He's a good NBA player, and he's only 26, and he's a wing. He's a piece. They could resign him. Why not? Uh yeah. Yeah. I like Mo Harkless. He's only 26 years old. He is six seven. He's like a mid sized wing, which is great. He can play the shooting guard position. He can play the small forward position. I mean, he is power forward classic. Yeah, he can play power forward a little bit. Maybe not against the Lakers, but um, and that's what the Clippers were worried about. Yeah, but he's a he's a great player, and I think he's a useful NBA player. Uh, good for the Knicks for getting a little bit smaller. And <laughs> for getting a lot less lame. I mean, Marcus Morris is such a goober.
1: Yeah. I mean, it w- It would be, when you look at it as a pure asset play, they traded one asset in Marcus Morris for three actual assets. You know, I mean, yeah, Maurice Harkless is expiring, so he's not going to be an asset moving forward. But if they resign him to right. a reasonable deal, he can. But that, you know, a two for a first round pick in a late second, you can do stuff with that. You can get, you can get Andre Drummond and then some,
0: right? Right, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is what's going to happen in the offseason. That's going to be their their big uh, their big get this off season. Right. Um, so I guess
1: if I look at the the trade as just the trade, and you know look at it as a asset play, that's a solid B. You know, I think that they they got good value for Marcus Morris. Um, they didn't really help their team get any better or anything, but they got two quality picks
0: i think i said b minus you said b okay great from the clippers side how much do you think marcus morris turns the dial on their chances to get past the lakers and to beat the bucks
1: um none like when did marcus morris become this like key (laughs) to winning playoff games i just like i don't know when that happened He's the LeBron stopper. I I don't know when—I don't know (laughs) why, and I don't know when that happened. Like, it just doesn't—all of a sudden, Marcus Morris became, like, this god amongst men in NBA, and, like, he Mm -hmm. is the key to any playoff team. I mean, he could shoot threes. He can play solid defense. He's shooting
0: 44%. There's no way that keeps up.
1: But look, he spent— From three. He spent the whole season being the go-to guy on— the Knicks do you think he's gonna want to all of a sudden be the like sixth option on the Clippers like
0: (laughs) no and he showed that when he was playing on the Celtics
1: yeah yeah isn't he notorious for being a ball stopper and like taking terrible mid-range shots and like
0: yes and like for yeah for not giving the ball to the players who should be handling the ball like last year when he was trying to take the ball over Gordon Hayward Jason Tatum or whatever you know yeah um and i do think that he stunted jason tatum's growth. Mm-hmm. I am with you. I think it says something. Let me just say, who is marcus morris's agent? Rich Paul. Yeah. Who let marcus morris go to the clippers? <laughs> LeBron James let that happen. He did. Mhm. He let it happen.
1: Well, the liquor, the the Lakers the Clippers had
0: a better offer. I'm saying that LeBron wasn't stopping Marcus Morris from going to the to the Clippers. LeBron wasn't stopping that, and he could have stopped it. How? Because Rich Paul is his guy, and he would have said, if he if he thought that Marcus Morris changed the Clippers' chances drastically, mm. I'm sure he would have tried to stop it. Maybe, maybe he did try to stop it, and we just don't know about it. But I don't think that LeBron tried to stop it. I think it, this does say something about what, everybody and LeBron thinks about Marcus Morris and I, I, he's not a piece that they didn't already have. Marcus Morris is a bad version of Kawhi Leonard.
1: That is a weird take.
0: Well, did they get bigger? Yes. A little bit, yeah. a little stronger. Yeah. I mean, is he any, is he going to be any better at the small ball five than Montrez Harrell? No, I don't think so.
1: No, he's more switchable. So there's he's that. more
0: switchable, but he's not going to be the one-two punch that uh, that Lou Williams is with him right. or with Montrez. <laughs> so, like, what did you do? What did they do? They they basically, if Kawhi gets hurt, they have a little bit of insurance. Yeah, they have yeah. some insurance when Kawhi rests. Well,
1: and I do think I do think that Marcus Morris is an undeniable upgrade as far as quality of player over Mo, Mo Harkless. But I don't think it's a first-round pick and a high second-round pick's difference. They you know? are
0: giving up every asset that they have because they are desperate for a championship. I think Ballmer is desperate for a championship right now. You know, because that... Michael Winger's desperate. And that
1: second-round pick, that's going to be like 35 or 36. You know who's, who gets drafted in that range? Devontae uh, Graham, Jalen Brunson... Malcolm Brogdon, Draymond Green, you know these are all really Nikola Jokic. Yeah, these are all, and, and I'm not saying that all players that get drafted in that turn out, but that's a that's a really good valuable spot to draft players. Um, so I don't know, I don't know. I think I give that a C for the Clippers. I mean, they did slightly upgrade, but I just don't really i just don't think that marcus morris is that good i think that he's overhyped by bill simmons because he played for the celtics
0: oh bill simmons trashed well i mean yeah you're right he probably is part of the reason why he was overrated to begin with but he did trash this trade oh, good. honestly for the clippers um it was one of the best best takes that he had in the entire trade podcast or the trade whatever deadline whatever thing he did yeah did this improve the clippers chances i don't think so are the Clippers the team to beat? I think that they still are until I see LeBron take his game to the next level, which is certainly possible, maybe even probable.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, Kawhi I is the, the player to beat right now because Kawhi yeah. showed everyone that he is the fucking boss last year.
0: And he showed up in both games against the Lakers. So until they the Lakers can stick it to the Clippers in a meaningful game... I am going to say the Clippers are the favorites for the finals. I think I took the Bucks for uh the championship last year, didn't I? Uh, or at the beginning of the year. I think you did. And I'm going to keep the Bucks for the championship actually. That's that's my take.
1: Who the Marvin Williams Bucks? Yes.
0: What are you at?
1: Who's got the championship?
0: Yeah, where are you at this year for that?
1: My heart wants to say the Rockets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Remember when we thought they'd be the number one seed by far? Yeah. God, we're idiots. Yeah,
1: we're dumb. But I'm going to go. I, I'm just going to go with the Lakers. You know, I'm going to. LeBron and AD oh, is. You just want to torture me. I know. Remember when I thought they were going to be bad?
0: Yeah. But I feel like part of you is trying to jinx this for me. <laughs> I'm just doing whatever I can to not jinx it because. This, it, it whoever wins, it's going to have to be the team that has the perfect postseason.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's anyone's game. I mean, I could even see Philly getting it together and winning it. Oh, my you God. Know?
0: <laughs> I could not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway.
0: Uh, okay, let's get back to the Wolves. So, Gerson was on a fucking tear. Like, somehow he had a heat check, and he didn't make a shot yet. That's what I te- that's what I tweeted on our on our uh, Twitter account. Uh-huh. No one liked it, so I had to I had to repeat the joke on our podcast. I guess my podcast now. But anyway, he traded Jeff Teague and Travion Graham, the worst Timberwolf I've ever seen in my entire life with my two eyes, for Alan Crabb, who has been playing pretty nicely these past two games. Like he really does fit in in terms of being a rotational guy in the seventh or eighth man spot. Yeah. Pretty nicely. I liked it. Uh, I think that that was a good trade. I'm going to give that trade a
1: B. I'm
0: going to give it a B. I liked it.
1: I actually love that trade way more than most people because Jeff Teague had to go. He just like, it was not working. I don't think Jeff Teague was liking being here. He oh, absolutely not. really was not playing the system. He was playing Jeff Teague's game. So just the fact, like, getting him, like, trading Jeff Teague for someone who legitimately fits what the team is trying to do. <clears throat> because Jeff Teague in himself is not an asset. $19 million expiring 31-year-old Jeff Teague is not an asset. Um, so I'm I'm actually going to give that an A. I think that was a wow. a, a quality trade. And wow. and and honestly, I'm so happy I don't have to watch Travion Graham play anymore. I it was oh unbearable sometimes.
0: <laughs> All right, you convinced me. I I had to bring it up to a B plus because of that. What you just said about <laughs> Travion Graham, I am so thankful to not see him. Okay, so that was your second A, Chilanga's second A. He's given. <laughs> I can't out. believe that. Um, I've been hard. So congratulations. Congratulations, Suchin and Gerson. You got you got some. You're getting some pretty good grades here. I'm actually gonna calculate this and give a little grade point average at the end. Uh, the Covington trade. What did we give that? Let me see. For the Tim- Minnesota Timberwolves, I gave it an A minus. You gave it a B. Now is the time to talk about the trade of the deadline, dude. The bell of the ball. D'Angelo Russell finally came to the north. Dude. The freezing cold north.
1: Dude. And all we had to give up was a 2021 top three protected pick and a 2021 second-round pick. Look, if this goes well, there is a chance, a chance, <laughs> that the Wolves can make the playoffs. I'm not saying that they will. I'm not saying it's guaranteed at all. But, like, I th- this, I think
0: there's one more move to make before the Wolves are a fringe playoff team, but I agree with you.
1: But you don't think that move is makeable?
0: This yeah, this offseason it should be makeable. With two
1: first round picks, one of which will be in the top five likely. Yeah. I mean, that move seems real makeable to me. Devin Booker. I don't know if Devin it's that makeable.
0: Booker.
1: What we're missing now is the salary, unless uh we do some sort of sign and trade situation. Or, or if J. James- why can't
0: we trade can we not trade uh, before the before the season rolls over? So we can after the season ends, before the before the draft, can't we still trade like Alan Crabb to make it work? No. How does that work? Because his
1: contract will be done. Yeah, I guess so. If James Johnson if James Johnson opts in, then we can trade him. He's at fifteen million.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Well that's a piece. I mean, in terms of just matching. Yep. Anyway. I'm not thinking about that now. But yep. what I do want to think about is what we did, I think, is we traded for two players. We have to look at it that way. That's the way that they looked at the Clippers thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that Clippers trade for Paul George was we're trading for two players. Gerson was in panic mode. And you could tell that he was in panic mode from that Jeff Teague trade. <laughs> it was Glorious, and it happened at the at the eleventh hour. Is that what they call it? The eleventh hour. Mm-hmm. It happened at the thirteenth hour. Even. I mean, like you said that this. You're like, we're gonna wake up tomorrow morning, and D'Angelo Russell's gonna be on the team, and this is gonna look way different. Because I was like, oh my god, we got rid of Rocco, Let's pod now. And you were like, nope, D'Angelo's coming, but he didn't come. He didn't come. And then all of a sudden, you were like, why aren't they letting this happen? But they were playing. Hardball with the Warriors, right up yep. against Bob Myers, who everyone everyone says Bob Myers is one of the best GMs in the league, and I think Bob Myers officially panicked, yep, Delo made him panic, and that 's amazing, and we traded not only for D'Angelo Russell but we traded for Carl Anthony Towns. Carl will stay in Minnesota now or not i 'm not going to guarantee it, but Carl will have the desire to stay in minnesota i should phrase it as
1: dylan i'm gonna one-up you here because in reality the wolves traded for three players oh my god the third player in this deal is it's devin booker i mean maybe but more importantly <laughs> is the ghost of andrew wiggins oh because andrew wiggins has been plaguing plaguing the timberwolves for six goddamn seasons
0: i'm just excited to never hear your andrew wiggins impression ever again
1: as as much as i love him as a person i think he is a a great human being He seems like a wonderful father absolutely i can't watch him play basketball anymore although he came out in the first warriors game he dunked the ball like three times what i was like what the fuck right Oh my god But And he's like This is what
0: happens He does this Mm -hmm. And then you are in love with him Well Warriors fans If you're like In love with him Or even curious Or bi-curious Whatever you are For Andrew Wiggins
1: Get ready for disappointment This is what he does
0: Get ready for big disappointment And guess what Andrew Wiggins always plays LeBron hard. I don't know what Steve Kerr thinks of Le- of Andrew Wiggins. He's like, oh, finally we got a guy that can match up against LeBron James. <laughs> what the fuck is that? He <laughs> always plays LeBron hard because he knows LeBron didn't want him, and and it's he's it's like playing against the dad who left you. Aww. and that's what happened in Cleveland. He's like, LeBron's like, we need to trade away Andrew Wiggins immediately. When he got there, he's like, if if I'm going to be on Cleveland, you're trading him away, and I'm getting Kevin Love. And uh LeBron made that happen. Andrew Wiggins knows that, and that's why he plays LeBron really hard. Um, but that being said, he cannot guard LeBron James, not when LeBron James tries at basketball.
1: <laughs> Dude, and you know what, for anyone saying that the warriors won this trade, I, I hope, I hope to God that you never ever have seen Andrew Wiggins play. Because if you have seen Andrew Wiggins play, there is no way that you could rationally think that the Warriors won this play. I don't care what your opinion is on d Kendrick Perkins. Fuck you, Kendrick Perkins. I don't care what your opinion is on DeLo. I don't care. Because you have to understand that the Wolves were in dire need of a point guard. The Wolves were in dire need of someone who could shoot threes. The Wolves were in dire need of a friend to cat. And so uh, the Wolves were in dire need of someone with some clout and some fame and... S- someone who would bring excitement to the fan base. There were like 5,000 people showing up to games. It was miserable. And now, and now, Wolves fans have something to cheer for. And so if you think that the Warriors fleeced the Wolves because they got a first-round pick and a second-round pick, and you think that Andrew Wiggins is somehow miraculously going to change into some sort of amazing three and D player, a la Harrison Barnes. You think he's you think Andrew Wiggins is suddenly gonna become Robert Covington on steroids? You think Andrew Wiggins is gonna be anything except the sleepy, unengaged, uh t- t- utterly disappointing yes. Andrew Wiggins that he's been for his whole career. Okay, for anybody like Kevin O'Connor
0: was saying, "Oh, Andrew Wiggins, all he'll have to do is sit in the corner and shoot threes, and he's been really great spot up from the corner." And yes, he has. He shot like forty over forty percent, maybe forty four percent or something, from the corner. But it's like every time Andrew Wiggins does that, he doesn't do anything in the game. Uh, Doris Burke said it most famously: "Like just get moving," Mm -hmm. and. He is not going to be helped by Steph and Clay. He's just going to stop. He's going to slow down. I don't think that they're going to help. I mean, okay, there is, there is a world where Andrew Wiggins can turn his game around because this year he has been a contributing player. Like he has contributed to some marginal mm-hmm. winning this year in comparison to other years. But the bottom line is that Gerson knew that he should sell high at this point then. Mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins is having by far the best year of his career. He needs to sell high. Andrew Wiggins plays better when he has high usage. He got back to high usage. He starts being a player who is who looks at least like a piece again because he hadn't for the past two years. And he sells. He's like a brilliant stockbroker. Mm-hmm. Buy low, sell high. And that's exactly what he did. And it was the smart move, even if it works out with Andrew Wiggins in Golden State. Oh, my God. Yep. Anything else?
1: And look. There's got to be more. Look. Like I said, if this goes well, if the Wolves can get one more piece, this team could be pushing for the playoffs. I mean, if the Memphis Grizzlies can make the playoffs this year, the Wolves can make the playoffs next year. Although I think Portland is going to surpass what them. One, what one,
0: pl- you still think Portland's going to pass? They, they did have a big win tonight. I forget against who, but they had a big win. Yep. What pl- one player on the Grizzlies will ever be better than Carl Anthony Towns? Don't say John Morant don't say Jaron Jackson Jr. because it's just not. Um, Carl Anthony Towns <clears throat> is going to be a better player than either of those players. I mean,
1: I think Jaron Jackson's defensive upside is really high, but he's no Carl Anthony Towns. But Carl
0: Anthony Towns is a transcendent offensive player.
1: And I, I think that John Morant, I like John Morant more than you do. And that's that's just that.
0: Uh, do you think John Morant is has more potential than Carl Anthony Towns?
1: Uh, I think just positionally being a point guard who creates the offense, who always has the ball in wow. the hands, I wow. think that that trash. I think that that can be more valuable to winning. I'll say I that I
0: think that John Morant is Russell Westbrook, a small Russell Westbrook. Could be okay. The other thing that the Wolves just like they just got. Omari Spellman thrown into the deal, who isn't a horrible player. I mean, he's as good as Kade Bates Diop. Yeah, he's fine. Like he and he was just thrown in random. Like they were just like, okay, well, we have to throw him in because we have to be under the tax now. Yep. Great move.
1: And Jacob Evans, uh, who I thought Evans, the Wolves would draft. You know, uh, in the Okogi draft.
0: I don't love Jacob Evans. No, he's bad. I mean, he's not a great player, but whatever. He's in the G League. We got the deal done that we wanted to get
1: done. This is an A plus. Yeah, it's A plus. No question. I love this deal. Even if it goes badly, like it, it, it. You can't. Be it was any the worse right move. Than, no matter what. Then with Andrew Wiggins, and and only Wolves fans will understand that. But like, you can't do worse than Andrew Wiggins. And I don't give a. I don't. I really don't care about that pick next year. I don't because we're not. We don't need to be drafting rookies at this point. We need young players. But Carl needs a reason to stay.
0: Even the great Zach Lowe thinks that Andrew Wiggins can be salvaged by the the Golden State Warriors. I think that that's national media garbage. Yeah, fuck I that. think that they are up the butts of of Bob Myers and of all the other dummies in, in uh, the Bay Area. They've been tricked. But I was wondering, do uh, you know who just walked into the studio? Mm-hmm. He just made the trip down from the Bay Area. Or actually, oh, I guess maybe he was here from um the other night when he was in when he was playing the Lakers on Saturday night. Andrew Wiggins, what are your thoughts on uh being traded? Um oh well uh are we um And that's all the time we have for now. Thank you, Andrew, for uh for coming into our studio and giving us your thoughts on being traded.
1: That's Shalanga. cool that he came by.
0: It is really cool that he came by, but he gave absolutely no insight into anything. Andrew, I hope your family's doing really well. We love we love you as a person.
1: Oh, and, whoa. Yeah. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Oh.
0: Okay. Bye, Andrew. <laughs> Seriously, oh, you have to leave. Now. Security! <sighs> Chalanga? Yeah. I want to give an honest grade to that Gorgie trade. Mm-hmm. And I want you to. Okay. I think it's an A-. minus. James Johnson actually has a position that is useful in a team that has Carl Anthony Towns and Nas Reed on it. With Gorgie on this team, Nas Reed just wasn't going to get any minutes. Mm -hmm. And I think James Johnson also provides at least a different perspective because Gorgie didn't have that veteran presence, even though he was still older. He was always on the Wolves. So James Johnson... Has a little bit of a different basketball perspective, and I like that outside basketball perspective um, in the locker room. I think it's an A minus for for the Wolves, and they got off of a contract. Again, the Dunked On podcast, who's the the only podcast that loved this trade for Minnesota and didn't love it so much for the Warriors. The Dunked On podcast, yeah. I love so them. listen to Nate Duncan, listen to Daniel Larue. They're actually the two of the smartest minds that I listen to on the regular. For NBA content, they said that Andrew Wiggins was the worst contract in the league, worse than the John Wall contract, just one measly season ago. Yep. They said that Gorgie Jang was the third worst contract in the league, just one season ago. And somehow, we got James Johnson on the Minnesota Timberwolves and didn't have to give up anything else. And he makes less money than Gorgie Jang.
1: Yeah, and arguably we don't have any bad contracts on our team anymore, you know. What? That's crazy. The Delo one is, you know, up for debate, but I don't think it's particularly ter- terrible. You give the Dilo an A plus, right? Oh yeah. As far as the Gorgie trade goes, look, asset wise, this is the right play. I would be remiss to if if I did not mention that gorgie jang is one of the best people in the nba oh as, no as far as a person no whereas james johnson has had his personal struggles and done some pretty terrible things in his life what did he do he like beat and choked his girlfriend and oh god they went Derek they were Collison. they were going to go to court for it but then she never showed up and i imagine she didn't show up because she was paid off yep or Scared, or you know, so for me that's always hard. It's hard for me to place my feelings in situations like this. Um, ultimately, i, I I'll miss, I'll, I'll miss Gorgie. But if I am speaking from a purely basketball asset perspective, I mean the the trade the trade is an A, going from one of the worst contracts in the league to something that is movable and a player who actually makes sense on our roster even if he comes with baggage
0: a you're giving it a full a yeah i am all right i downgraded to a b plus a half a letter grade for that um because i did not know about that actually yeah okay so the timberwolves overall gpa this season this semester i should say is 3.67 according to Dill and Che. That's Dean's List, pretty, baby. That's pretty good. That is Dean's list. That's better than I got in college. Yeah. I think I was I think I was three six flat. That's the cheens list, baby. Yeah. I love that. Whew. That's Jang's list, not the Dean's list. Oh, they made Jang's list. Congratulations, Gerson. Congratulations, suchin. You average an A minus over the season or over the uh over this semester, I should say, this NBA semester.
1: Can I, before we move on to the last thing, can I just say one thing? Yeah. So, the Wolves are clearly the winner of the trade deadline. They did an amazing job. Oh, yeah. But I think low-key, one of the winners has to be the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks turned Evan Turner, Japari Parker, and Alex Len into Clint Capella and Dwayne Dedman. Which,
0: and... Jeff Teague, don't forget. And Jeff Teague. Which is a a piece that they needed more than Evan Turner, at least, and Alan Crabb.
1: I think they sneakily made their team significantly better for next year. And I'm still all in on the Hawks making the playoffs next year. Let's go. All right. I just wanted to shout out the Hawks because I love them.
0: Yeah. Congratulations, Hawks. Congratulations, Chalanga, for predicting this Trey Young all-star team. He's starting... So, congratulations yeah. on your take there. Yeah,
1: too bad that they are not the fourth seed in the East or whatever I said they would be.
0: <laughs> are you going to go off the cuff on this next section? Oh, I thought you were writing it. <laughs> in much, much sadder news, uh, since we last spoke, we received some absolutely devastating news that flipped the entire NBA on its head. No, flip the entire sports landscape on its head. Maybe the the entire world. We lost a player whose love for the game, work ethic, and tenacity will forever be remembered. And he loved the game of basketball. Gorky Jang was just 30 years old when he was taken from the Timberwolves. Chalanga, this is Gorky Jang's In Memorial. Gee, who knew, all the shoes that flew Good bits we've been through That I'll be standing right here Talking to you about another path I know you love to hit the court and laugh, But your contract told me that it wouldn't last Gerson had to switch up Look at things different, see the bigger picture Those were the trades for hard work and Taylor pays Now I see you in a better place How could we not talk about Gorgie when Gorgie's all that we got?
1: Longest tenure on the team, you've been standing there by our side. And now you'll be in Memphis for the next ride. Gorgie Jang was more than a basketball player.
0: He was more than a man.
1: He was a hero who was literally saving thousands and thousands of lives. One shoe at a time. His time, energy, effort, and brilliant eye for shoe design, as well as innovative brain for shoe technology helped heal the lives of so many children, men and women, in his home country of Senegal, and fill the hearts of his loyal fans here in Minnesota. So with that, I salute you, Gorgie Jane, and I know that somewhere in heaven, you're moon bouncing straight to the rim.
0: How could we not talk about Gorgie when Gorgie's all that we got? Longest tenure on the team, you've been standing there by our side, and now you'll be in Memphis for the next ride. Utah, we believe the trade deals are approved. Utah would be picking Minnesota here.
1: And let me say that with the 21st pick in the 2013 NBA draft, the Utah Jazz select Gorgie Chang from Kibomare, Senegal and the University of Louisville. And while Gorge walks up, let me say, he's a graduate of the NBA's basketball without borders africa program
0: thank you chalinga thank you so moving forward what are your hopes for the wolves this season
1: um i just want to see some good basketball i would not mind if they won more games i mean like look i want their pick to be good or what as well but like with the new odds you never know I mean, it would be cool yeah. if they had a top four worst or a bottom four worst record because then they're guaranteed top five. But
0: but they they won't be now, I guarantee that. Yeah. I Almost guaranteed. Yeah, that. I
1: just don't think it's really possible. So, I mean, the lottery odds between being the fifth best team and the tenth best team aren't, tenth worst team, excuse me, aren't that big. So they might as well go for it.
0: And the Pelicans were what, seventh or eighth worst record last year? Yeah. I mean this is all possible. You and
1: know. Um, having that second first round pick this year means that they could trade up if there's someone they really want. Although I, I, I just don't know who who that would be.
0: Or who would want to trade up in a shallow draft already. Or who would want to trade for that sixteenth pick in a shallow draft already. We don't know. Right. I'm not saying that, that we can't get someone at sixteen. I'm sure that there will be somebody. Dude Precious Achua.
1: Oh, I love him. What? Precious Achua. He plays for uh, Memphis. He's amazing. What about
0: Cat- Cassius Stanley had a really incredible dunk, and he's shooting the ball okay. He's from Sierra Canyon. He... Uh, Le- Lebron LeBroni's high school. I don't trust him. What?
1: I don't trust him. Why not? I think that he won't be able to do anything except win a dunk contest in the NBA.
0: That's all I need. I miss Zach Levine, okay?
1: I'd rather take like Matthew Hurt. If we're talking Duke guys, anyway, he's also from Minnesota.
0: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. My hope for the Wolves. Did you see that uh, Malik Beasley? When asked about what his hopes for were for the rest of the season, he was like, "We got a playoff race to win.
1: They could be the 2018, you know, Miami Heat or 20, 2016 Miami Heat. When was that? Where they went 11 and 33 to to end the season or whatever. 11 and
0: 33? Or 33 or 33 and 11. Moment. Excuse me. Yeah, whatever, whatever it was, um,
1: it must have been yeah, eleven and thirty because they went thirty and eleven yeah, and eleven thirty. Anyway,
0: yeah, it's definitely not possible at all. We don't have Eric Spolstra, who is a top five coach in the league. Oh yeah, um, we have a bottom fifteen coach in the league mm-hmm. at this point. I'm I'm hoping for more, but yeah, I um I think my hopes are exactly in line with you. Yep,
1: I want Malik Beasley to play really mind. well, but not too well. Exactly right. <laughs> oh.
0: I just want him to show, like, Andrew Wiggins-type spurts for now.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: not not in terms of his shooting efficiency, but in terms of, like, his ability to woo other teams' front office's eyes.
1: I want D'Angelo Russell, though, to play really, really well. That's what I'm hoping for. I just want to see how this oh, cat yeah. and, and D'Angelo thing works.
0: Oh, yeah. Just keep, just keep shooting <clears throat> the hell out of the ball. Mm-hmm and surprise on a couple of games like it was it was so vindicating in like the 2015-16 season or whatever when we were beating teams like the Warriors um that's kind of what I want to see and i already saw it with the clippers and that was a throttling that i couldn't have even imagined in my greatest imagination so um yeah i'm just really thankful for that game and for the other 30 games that we get to see moving forward
1: yeah all right, Dylan.
0: Oh, God. This was awesome. This is, the tu- this is the tough part. This is this is awesome. Way too long, and I apologize for keeping This it might
1: up. be four episodes. Uh, I'm going to keep it to one long one. Oh, boy. <laughs> Don't you want to put out more content? <laughs> That's
0: true. Maybe I should do one and then one. Thank you, guys, for listening. Thank you all for listening, I should say. <laughs> uh, if you want to hear more about us follow us at coast to coast nba on twitter at coast to coast nba pod uh on instagram right wait at coast to coast nba pod on instagram
1: yeah dude you need to practice this hosting thing jesus
0: shut up uh can i uh, can i sign us off coast to coast at gmail.com no wait coast to (laughs) coast yeah sign us off so
1: Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Don't forget to follow <laughs> us on the socials on Twitter at Coast to Coast NBA, on Instagram at Coast to Coast NBA Pod. Send us an email at Coast to Coast NBA at gmail.com. Tony B, you know what you did. And don't forget to like and review. Please, please, please review. We don't care if you do anything. Just give us a review. Five stars only. Four stars would be acceptable, but. Really, if you're not giving us five stars, are you really listening? This is amazing NBA content. <laughs> <laughs> uh, True. That. And uh, recommend it to your friends. All right. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. We love you so much. It was so good to be back on. But maybe next time I can come on, I'll host. Uh, Thank you.
0: Sure. <laughs> Thank you, Blanga Blangason.
1: You did a good job, Dylan. I love you. <laughs> love you, bye. Bye.